and you want to reach out to a model on on Instagram, don't just reach out with, hey, want to shoot? Or, you know, like, <laughs> how often I get guys in, in my DM on Instagram, hey, bro, want to shoot? <laughs> like, put, 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 put some effort in. Yeah. It's, it's like if I got that message from the same person five times, then yeah, it gets pestering and annoying. But if I get, you know, hey, this is my idea. Here's a couple of inspo images. I'd love to create this. Do you want to create it with me? Or, hey, I'm a food, and if, or if you're reaching out to a restaurant cafe, hey, I'm a food photographer. Here's my work. Would love to have a chat with you. That's a di- it's different between, hey, you need someone to shoot your food, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> I got an iPhone 11, man. <laughs> yeah, that, but yeah, so I mean, there's, there's, there's a ways to do it. And if you do it, you know, the multiple points of contact in a professional manner and, and show that you've got something to offer. Welcome to another episode of Couple of Lattes. I'm your host, Jacques Massey. And in today's episode, I sit down with Canon Australia supported photographer, Julian Lello, as he educates myself and you guys how to start and maintain a creative business. His specific niche is photography, but anyone out there who is a creative, who is wondering whether it's worth pursuing business, whether it's worth starting their own business and essentially making money out of their creative pursuit, their passion, their love, their joy, then this podcast is for you. Julian has been able to do just that over the past five years and now he lives, breathes and dreams his passion every single day. For anyone who wants to uh, contact Julian or follow his work, all of his links are in the description below. And just before we get started with this podcast, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone listening in, especially the people who listen each and every week. If you guys want to sponsor the podcast or support the podcast a little bit further, please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and a review. If you're not using Apple Podcasts, using Spotify or another platform, make sure you subscribe, follow, and share with anyone out there who you think might enjoy this podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Let's dive into my conversation with the incredible Julian Lalo. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story before I start asking you some questions. So I had I remember going to your, um, you know, you had that kind of photography exhibition i guess you could call it underneath uh um, it was at like gogo bar or something or yeah like, gogo bar yeah, yeah. so i remember i went i went down with tav and this was like well, that would have been like about a year ago right yeah it was actually it was right before remy was born so i think it was mar it was the start of very start of march last year yeah yeah so back back when we could socialize anyway and I remember that was that was kind of a point in my life where I was um, I, I went through like a really rough patch in my life, and then I was, this was kind of the point where I was coming uh, coming into photography and getting my confidence and be like, yeah, you know what, like I can make a, a few bucks in photography, and uh, maybe I can be a photographer and a filmmaker. And we'd started getting a few jobs, and uh, Tab invited me down to see this uh, photographer Julian Lalo. He's like, oh, do you know Julian? I'm like, dude. Of course I fucking know Julian. Like I've been following him for a while. Like this guy's amazing. Um, and he's like, yeah, he's going to be there. And I straight up had like this fanboy moment when I, when I met you, I was like, Hey bro. <laughs> like, you know, when you're like a little bit nervous. Um, Cause I guess like until that point, a lot of photographers in Melbourne that I'd met had been, I guess you kind of get like, 
you get these boosts of confidence, right? When you when your social count starts going up and you get a lot of followers and like a lot of photographers I'd approach have been like quite like standoffish, like, oh, you know, like you've only got like under a thousand followers, like, you know, you're a beginner, like don't really want to associate with you. And yeah, like when I met you, you're just like super friendly, super nice. And I was just like, man, this is awesome. Like there's photographers out there that are, you know, like just happy to talk and happy to educate people getting into the game. And yeah, you were, you were kind of that, that person for me in Melbourne that kind of boosted my self-esteem. So I want to, I want to say thank you to you first. Um, oh, thank you, man. No, no thank problem, you. No problem. Um, and you're constantly a source of inspiration. Like your photos are incredible, bro. From everything from uh, your landscape stuff to your portrait stuff. Um, so yeah, I guess for, for anyone out there who doesn't know who you are, obviously I know who you are. Uh, why don't you kind of start by introducing yourself? Who is Julian Lalo, the photographer and the person? Uh, so I'm a, a, a photographer based in Melbourne. I kind of like to... Um... That's Julian. And yes, he is running a successful creative business as a photographer. Sort of if I'm, if I'm talking about myself as the photographer, I'd like to say I'm a fashion photographer um, first, but at the moment... Uh, I probably, you know, my photography is split between work in terms of work. It's split between sort of fashion, food, and a little bit of travel and commercial in there also. Um, working towards being that sole sort of fashion um, photographer. Um, I'm a dad, and um, which is kind of the most important job at the moment. Um, dad of a 17-month-old son. And, um, and, yeah, that's me. Yeah, awesome, bro. And what, what got you into the fashion side of things? Like why fashion photography? Because obviously, like from my point of view anyway, your, your landscapes, your portraits, uh, your urban stuff is all incredible too. So why, why fashion in particular? Yeah, I think it's probably like a little bit of a progression from, one, a progression from portraits. And also my wife is a, a fashion designer. Gotcha. Um, and so I guess probably between sort of, yeah, as a progression of portraits and her sort of like, you know, being around fashion through her, um, I guess that's where, where the fashion photography came in. And it's sort of probably the, the style of the genre of photography that I get the most satisfaction out of kind of, I guess, nailing a shot or nailing a shoot. Um, I find it so much, so much more difficult than, um, well, for me anyway, so much more difficult than shooting landscapes or, or that sort of thing where you can get away with, um, really interesting edits or, you know, a lot of post-production to, um, to get a nice result. And you only need kind of one or two nice images out of, a, out of the landscape shoot to throw on Instagram or whatnot. Whereas when you're shooting fashion, there's I feel, like, I feel the, a, a lot more pressure and anxiety in shooting it, um, which it probably uh, is more rewarding when I get that end result. Yeah, right. I suppose with, uh, with fashion and I, I guess any sort of brand photography, like you say, you've got that, uh, that pressure on you to produce a result that uh, the company or the brand expects. But then also when you have people involved is like, there's a whole other element, right? Like you've got to make sure that they're feeling comfortable and then you've got to make sure that the brand works with, you know, like their style and their look. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more to it. And um, yeah, like I said, it all adds up to that kind of that, those rewarding images at the end. I mean, I've got friends who are, I, I can't shoot, an e-com shot to save myself. Like I, I find that really, really difficult. And I've got mates who are amazing at it and they love it because they don't have that element. Like 
putting an object on a white background and shooting it like you do that the object doesn't fight back you know yeah and yeah. um <laughs> and they they love that kind of element of being in control of everything whereas with the fashion side of things and, and, and shooting portraits and that sort of thing you, you can't be in control of, of everything so to try and i guess tame it enough to be able to walk away with some nice images is yeah it's pretty cool pretty pretty cool challenge yeah i suppose i suppose there's that element of uh there's that element of uncertainty as well, right? Like you can't control uh, the model's emotions or how they turn up on the day. You've just kind of got to work with uh, with that personality. Is that kind of something that attracts you to that fashion photography as well? Um, yeah, I guess it's not something that kind of is, is front of mind and is what has attracted me to it. But I guess it all, yeah, I guess it's just another one of those elements that, that makes it all the more rewarding. Yeah, true, true. Um, so pulling out to like a more macro level, why photography? Like what, what got you into photography as a creative pursuit? So my background in photography, so I think it was probably 2016, 2017. Um, I was really, really heavily into sneakers. So had a huge sneaker collection. Um, and I started, there was, back then there was, a really big sort of movement on Instagram uh, with sneaker accounts and people shooting on foot uh, images like a, basically a selfie of your feet and um, with, you know, with your, with your fresh pair of sneakers on and, you know, getting your backgrounds to match your colorways and all that sort of thing. And I just started shooting my sneaker collection with a phone and then I bought kind of a, you know, crop center, crop center DSLR and had that on a little, you know, with a little remote and um actually i was doing self-timer in the beginning so like trying to run into a position 10 seconds set up my feet and you know and snap and anyway and then that kind of progressed and um i sort of started getting more and more into the photography side of things than the actual sneaker side of things and um and i remember once it was i started following a few um photographers on instagram and there's ross latham a melbourne based photographer he put up a post saying, hey, I'm going to go for a walk around the city and take some photos tomorrow night if anyone wants to tag along. And I went along and kind of went for this walk around the city and started shooting, you know, cityscapes and met a few other photographers on the night. There was probably about eight, nine people that showed up. And, and um, kind of from there, it just started, like, grow. I started being more interested in the photography side of things and the sneakers, and I started shooting other bits and pieces. At the time, I was working in the fitness industry and um so i was around like a lot of uh bodybuilders and fitness models and that sort of thing and i started you know shooting a few sort of bodybuilders and fitness models and and it kind of then yeah that the whole focus of my photography shifted from that sneaker account and i started up my current instagram account that is uh julian lolo and and um and and that's kind of how it all started and then and then it was just a, it's been a progression um, over the last sort of four or five years in terms of I've kind of shot a bit of everything and finally, um, you know, finding my, my style and my niche. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's taken a time. And, and I mean, you probably get the same, but you, you get a lot of um, young photographers or beginner photographers messaging and saying, you know, how do you find a style? Or like, you know, that's one of the most common questions. And you even see it on YouTube, like how do you find your, your yeah. photography style? And, it's just something that takes takes time. There's there's no trick to finding it. It's just 
shoot as much as you can and and shoot as much as you can and shoot as many things as you can and with as many people as you can and work out what what works for you and what what interests you you, you, you don't want to get bored um doing something you love because you're trying to you know shoot someone else's style yeah 100 I, th- I think that's kind of like part of the progression though right like it's not bad to i guess copycat someone when you first start um but copycat lots of people like you say right like do loads of different styles because you might be super attached to i don't know what one of the people i've started copycatting to start with was firsty you know dylan first in the state yeah, yeah. got that super moody moody look and i realized i was looking through them actually the other day <laughs> some of my first photos i was like wow this is shit like so so bad i'd just taken like any photo right and i just put all these like super saturated like moody blues in it and it looked terrible and for ages i was just copycatting this dude and then finally something clicked i was like man i need to try some different stuff because like this isn't me like i suck at this style this is dylan first this isn't jacques massey or massey bros um and that's when i started like branching out and copying people like yourself and people like my friend maddie and just plenty of other photographers like you say yeah but you got you you got to go through it all right you gotta yeah. gotta try a bit of everything and find out what works mm, 100%. And, and it will change again like you'll probably be having a podcast with someone in two years time and look back and go oh i remember in 2020 i was doing this mood and you know it's a it's a evolution photography and and i think you just got to keep evolving and and i think that's one of the really important things with it is like when you're beginning you want to feed off as many people as you can but i think you kind of need to do that all the way through through your career and and people that are you know been shooting longer longer than you can teach you something and people that have been shooting for, for less time than you can teach you something as well. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, is that, is that kind of part of the reason for me, part of the reason I love photography is that it is just this never ending game. Like it's, you're always learning something, right? Like even when you look at, you know, these incredible, uh, top of their game photographers, people like, you know, Jimmy Chin, for example, and these Nat Geo photographers, if you actually listen to them, they'll be like, I'm always constantly learning. Is that part of the attraction to photography for you? The fact that you can, even when you become a master, you can't really ever become a master. If you know what I mean, it's always something new to master. Yeah, absolutely. And there's always, um, there's always something that someone will, you know, introduce tomorrow as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. It's, it's an ever, ever evolving sort of a uh, hobby and, and career i guess yeah so i guess uh this might be a good time to ask when because you're, you're referencing it as as a hobby still which is awesome it means like generally you do hobbies because you enjoy them right but when did you make the conscious decision to go you know what like this is no longer a hobby i actually can make money out of this and you know what? i'm going to start a business and it's going to be a successful business when did you make that decision and why um so for me it was kind of a little bit of a progression i started with um, I went part-time in my, uh, role in sales, mm-hmm. um, because I, I sort of started shooting on a Saturday and earning a little bit of my, like I was working my nine to five Monday to Friday. And then on a Saturday, I would, you know, probably three Saturdays out of a month, I would have a job on and earn a little bit of money out of, out of my photography. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that, that's kind of when I realized that okay, if I could put a little bit more time into this, I could maybe 
you know, double the amount of jobs I get and, and, and sort of progress like that. And I went, um, I asked in the, in the current role that I was in at the time, um, this is probably maybe three years ago, I sort of asked, oh, you know, can I go part-time in this role because I really want to pursue my photography? And they said no. And I said, oh, well, I kind of, I, I have to resign. Um, and I was lucky enough to go back to uh, one of the, an old job that I had. I, I rang them up and I said, hey, I don't know if you're looking for anyone, but have you got a part-time position available for me? You know, this is, this is my plan. And uh, I worked for, uh, it was, yeah, four days a week uh, in sales. And then I had that extra day to doing photography and then it was so and i did that for a year mm-hmm. um and then uh, from there went into um who i'm currently working with now so i work three days a week in-house with the lucas group so they have a, a, a heap of restaurants throughout melbourne so i do a lot of food photography for them so that's probably about three days a week of work and then freelancing probably the other another two three days a week um to give me my full time so it's kind of been a bit of a progression for me it was a, really i guess you know having um you know life commitments having a a house having a a child having you know being married all these things it was probably wasn't feasible for me to just go full-time freelance straight away Mm -hmm. um and this was a really nice gradual progression into it um so that i could still have that nice steady income and um, build my business as i went I think that's a really good point that you put across for anyone wanting to start a business, regardless of whether it's in the creative industry or something else. Like there's kind of this misconception that if you do something, you have to quit everything else and just go balls to the wall, commit all of your energy and your time into something. But quite often that can be really hard. And if, if you're sacrificing that security of having steady money coming in while you go for your dream, like you're always going to have the stress in the back of your mind. Like, how am I going to be able to, afford my rent in a couple of months so how am i going to be able to afford my food and that means there's less energy focused on building up this side hustle into your regular hustle would you agree with that yeah, absolutely and there's more chance of you burning out and not enjoying what you're doing anymore because you start feeling so much pressure from it if mm-hmm. i knew that i had to get you know four jobs a week to be able to survive and pay all the overheads that that i have in life um and I started taking on jobs that I didn't enjoy. Like, I mean, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I don't love shooting e-com, but if I had to take on every e-com job that I got offered, um, I would pretty soon fall out of love with what I'm doing. So doing it gradually meant that I could be a little bit pickier from the beginning um, in terms of what work I took on. So, you know, I really, really enjoy, genuinely enjoy 80 to 90% of the jobs that I take on. Yeah, uh, there's very few jobs that I take on that I sort of get there and I'm like, oh, I wish I didn't have to shoot this. <laughs> um, and they're generally the favour jobs anyway. Um, they're, they're generally the ones that you do for you do for friends and family. And they're like, oh, we've got this, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. shoot 300 images of, you know, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of of doing it slowly if you have that. If you have that option. Um, I mean, look, if, if I had picked up photography when I was 20 years old and still living at home and um, maybe it was different, maybe it'd be a different story. Maybe I would have gone full-time straight away. And, but um, yeah, this is, that's been my, my progression with it anyway. 
Yeah, that's worked for you. And that, that's important to know too. Like y- your progression might not work for everyone. Like some people might be able to just go straight into full-time photography. They might have enough security or they might be younger, like you say, and not have as many commitments and, and worries. But I guess the important thing there is um, you've got to be asking yourself why at each step. Like, like you say, if, if your reason to get into photography was to do something that you love and create a career and a business around your passion, and 50 to 60 percent of the jobs you do you're hating like what's the point you know like you're kind of not doing it for the right reasons anymore right yeah yeah oh you you can get a job that'll probably earn you more money and there's a lot more stress-free yeah you know if you're going to be if you're not going to be enjoying photography there's plenty of other things you can do that you cannot enjoy Mm -hmm. so you might as well do it uh do it properly and enjoy it yeah true so what were some of your biggest challenges setting up a creative business? Uh, as far as I'm aware, like creative businesses tend to have their own sort of sets of challenges that other businesses don't. So what were some of them for you, the biggest ones? And then how did you overcome them? Yeah, I, I think for me, the biggest challenges probably weren't in a business sense as far as they were in a personal sense. Um, I think a lot of creatives probably have this similar struggle and that is struggling with kind of like self-confidence and being your own worst critic when it comes to your work. Um, so they, th- that has probably been one of the biggest challenges for me in terms of, I mean, there's been jobs that have been great opportunities and I've talked myself out of and turned turned down because I've talked myself out of them um, because I didn't have the self-confidence, you know, what if I stuff this up? What if I can't deliver? And that's been probably one of the biggest challenges in terms of overcoming that. Um, I've got a really supportive wife um, who sets me straight a lot of the time and, 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 um, and, you know, like she backs me a hundred percent and really talks to me like, you know, when she can tell when I'm like about to talk myself, you know, I start talking myself out, Oh, maybe I can't do it because we've got this on, you know, maybe, and, you know, I shouldn't, shouldn't do this and I don't have that lens and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, just, go and do the job and get it done. And, you know, 99% of the time, it's all, it's all good. Um, one of the other probably big challenges for me is, um, I guess, and, it, and it's something that I'm constantly working on. And this probably period at home during, during COVID is probably highlighted it even more and helping me work out ways to deal with it. And that is just where to focus time. Um, I mean, we're all really time poor between yep. work and family and, and trying to socialize and, you know, finding the time to do anything. And I think you've got to really, when you have your own business and your own creative business, there's so many facets of uh, where, you can, where you can put your time and effort um, to earn a living. Mm-hmm. And just prioritizing time has been one of the really big challenges for me. I can get so obsessed over... A single image and waste so much time on it and then all these other things are, are falling behind both in work and personal life um so i think time management is one of those things when you've got your own it's probably with your own any business creative or otherwise um time management and um just realizing prioritizing um jobs within your business is probably one of those really difficult important things to work out yeah right could you maybe talk us through um, 
let's let's kind of imagine uh, someone out there is listening and they're going, all right, like I'm going to kickstart my own photography business or my own film business or my own any business, and they're wondering you know, what do I need to focus my time and energy on first? Do I need to build a website and a social media presence? Do I need to um, reach out to potential clients? What would you suggest for people in that boat? Um, Time-wise, what should they focus on? I think it's really different for everybody. Um, I, think, I think what you need to do is you need to work out your strengths. And, and, this, only, and this comes with time as well. So I now, now know when you go from a hobby to a business, then you need to start thinking about money mm-hmm. and you need to start thinking about where your best earning capacity and best earning potential comes from. And obviously that's going to take time to work that out. So I, I feel like it's, it's really different for everybody and depending on the, the genre you shoot and depending on whether you want to be a photographer that sells prints and presets and stock imagery or you want to go out on location and shoot jobs and and that's going to be your your big earning potential you you just kind of need to work that out and dedicate the time to those areas that are going to give you more work i can give you an example i just created a preset pack now i probably put let's say i put three days for example into creating this preset pack Mm -hmm. uh getting it up online making the collateral to promote it through my social media. Three days. Now it's a $19 preset pack. So if I work out my daily rate and I calculate how many preset packs I need to sell um, to cover those three days, um, that's a lot of preset packs. Whereas if I was concentrating for me personally, who wants to be a fashion photographer, not a a digital photographer that sells digital product, Mm -hmm. if I think about that and I had a spent that time sharpening up my media kit and my website and pitching that media kit to potential clients that might've got me three, four, five days work straight out of straight after this stage four lockdown, that's going to be a far better investment of my time. Um, Yeah. I love all areas of photography. So creating this preset pack was fun, but if we're talking about business, Mm. investing the time into, into the media kit and reaching out to clients, that would have been a better, time investment for me. So time investment is, yeah, is one of those really big challenges um, uh, when, it, when it comes to running your own sort of personal and creative photography business. Yeah. yeah, right. So I guess for people out there, and I, I totally relate to you on the creative front, like as a creative myself, I'm constantly judging my work and thinking like, this isn't good enough. And, you know, I'm not worthy of this job. And the, the key thing you highlighted there for anyone who's getting into it is when you do shift from hobby to business, you do have to focus some of your attention on the money because it's important, right? Like if it's going to be your business, you need to make money. It's as simple as that. And there's kind of this weird stigma in the creative community where it's like, Oh no, like I do it for the love of it and I do it for the passion. It's like, well, bullshit, bro. Like you got to put food on your table at some point. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. To, to kind of, to kind of shift a little bit, but I guess kind of keep it on the same line. Obviously as creatives, there is this sort of self judgment and this, uh, this kind of battle you have internally to figure out whether you're, you're worthy enough for certain jobs, but then there's also kind of that external factor as well. So, uh, as a, as a, as a business owner and a photographer, how do you deal with that adversity and doubt that you get from external, you know, clients or maybe friends or family? Like how do you, how do you kind of deal with that? 
and then refocus your attention on just getting the job done? Um, I think I'm in a lucky enough position that it's more the internal negativity, sort of the criticism from myself than anyone external. Mm. Um, the external is probably looking too much at other, like, you know, spending too much time on Instagram can be a really negative external factor, more so than someone saying, hey, this isn't great or your work's not up to scratch. I don't think I've ever, you know, I've been lucky enough. Um, of all the jobs I've done, I've probably had one client that wasn't overly happy and it was a really simple, easy fix. Um, and so, yeah, the external is, is still created. For me, the external is, is things like social media. Um, yeah. Let's talk about that. And, and, it's still, and then it still comes back to me. It still comes back to the personal and how much I look at it and how much I read into looking at other people's work and then devaluing mine because I think someone else's is better or, or whatnot. I, I think it's still, for me, really an, an internal thing rather than external factors. Yeah, Let, let's dive into that a little bit more, Julian, because I think for a lot of creatives out there listening to this podcast right now, that's definitely something that plays on their mind. Like we do live in the social media landscape now and there's constantly that like self-judgment when you see other people doing something that you think you should be doing at this point in your life. How do you deal with that? Because I, I know even when we met probably about not that long ago, you were kind of having that little battle in your head with the social media landscape. How do you deal with that? Like what's your kind of tactics to avoid falling into that spiral? To be honest with you, I have a lot less time now for social media, um, <laughs> which has probably helped help the battle. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't spend a hell of a lot of time on... I, I probably use Instagram now more to chat with mates than I do to actually, like, scroll a feed. Mm. Um, so I think just limiting time on it is the easiest way to to help with that battle. But... I think you just need to look at it as a source of inspiration rather than comparison and it's really like that's way easier said than done because i battled with that for years until now when to at a point where i don't spend much time on it and i and i find that if i do spend a lot of time on it i do start comparing again and i start thinking oh maybe i need to change this about my work and that about my work um so i think one of the easiest ways is limiting your time on social media mm. and you know what, you'll find that if you spend a little bit of time away from it, you come back to it and you realise, you know, I didn't miss anything. And and you realise that if you're not looking at it, you're not missing it. Mm. And um, so I think that's that's one of the main things. Yeah, main things for me. Do you find as well when you take that time away from um, scrolling through social media and comparing your work to other people's work, do you find you have more time to be creative in your own way? and your ideas tend to flow better and your work tends to get better? Yeah, I find that... Definitely can find that my work becomes more consistent hmm. um, because when I'm editing my own work, there's none of that kind of like fresh influential kind of factors or things that I've seen that are like kind of, I guess, in the subconscious and, and working their way into my own work. I definitely find that my work gets more... I'm not trying to replicate whether it be consciously or subconsciously trying to replicate or be influenced by anything that I've seen. Yeah, definitely my work gets, gets a nicer consistency to it. Mm, mm, mm. 
100%. I think it's really powerful that you just said that, Jules. So I just want to take a moment to thank you because a lot of, I guess, these smaller accounts or these newer photographers might be thinking when they look at your work, oh, like this is a photographer who's got it sorted, who's never worried about other people's opinions. But it's something that we're always battling, right, throughout life. Like you go through these phases of thinking you're not good enough. So I think it's powerful to hear from yourself um, that this this is something that's real for a lot of creatives. And like it, it is a constant battle to, to figure out um, or I guess to, to not worry as much about what other people think of your work. Oh, hundred percent. And and it's not easy at all, but I mean, I still have the, the mini meltdown where I'm like, Oh, I'm just not cut out for this. Like I, I still have those days and, and we all have those days where we, we get a bit, get a bit flat and start doubting everything. And yeah, it's easy to have that doubt creep into your mind and say, Oh no, I'm, I'm not cut out for this. I, I think I'm just going to go back to a job. You know, I'm just going to go and get myself a job. Somebody just pay me. I'll clean your dishes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you have a good you have a good sleep and you eat some good food and you wake up in the morning and and you're fresh and you go again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that, and that's it's good to to admit this, right? It's hard. Like if you're wanting to have a creative business, it's not going to be an easy route. Don't expect to just jump in and be earning a ton of money and having the time of your life all the time. There is going to be ten percent of those moments where you are like second guessing yourself and thinking why am I doing this? Like, what's the point? That's where it's important to ask your why. Like, okay, yep. I stopped doing that other job because I hated it and I'm doing this because 90% of the time I love it. So let's keep yeah. going. Yeah. Tell me about, uh, tell me about your biggest failure. Uh, I guess the moment where you're like, wow, I've really, really fucked this job up or I've really messed up this, uh, this concept. Like t tell me about your biggest failure and then, what you did uh, directly after that failure? What kind of opportunities came forward? This is as hard as that question. What's your favorite photo? Um, <laughs> it could be as well, like a moment where you had the greatest learning, like a point that you just remember and go, all right, that was the point when I really learned a valuable lesson. Oh man, I, I've, you got me with this one. <laughs> we can come back to it if you like. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying there hasn't been any. I'm just uh, they're just not coming to mind at the moment. Maybe I've squashed them down too far. Yeah, mate. Maybe you're just too good. Oh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> So now, now that you've established a brand, what direction, you kind of mentioned before that you wanted to do fashion photography predominantly, but what's, what's like the big kind of dream picture for you in the next 10, 20 years? Obviously, you've got YouTube going as well now. So where do you see the Julian Lalo brand of photography going? Yeah, and, you know, this is, this is a question I actually asked myself and I asked, you know, had a conversation with Joe, my wife, just a couple of days ago, I'm like, where, where do I see myself in like 10 years? Like, I, I don't want to be standing on, you know, chairs in restaurants, shooting food <laughs> anymore. And, and um, you know, and do I want to be spending like eight hours on location shooting fashion outdoors in the cold? Or, um, 
Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting question. I, I think for me at the moment, I mean, look, just before um, COVID hit, my business was at a point where I was ready to start looking for somebody to help me out. Um, I was probably getting, I was getting uh, a lot of work in in food, um, too much almost for me to handle and still try and push the, the fashion side of my business. So I was getting wanting to look for somebody to help me out with the food side of things so that I could completely focus on fashion. And um, I think sort of in a shorter term, that's definitely what I want to do. I, I, I want to, um, I th- hopefully, you know, once, who knows when it will be, but things start getting back to normal here in Victoria and restaurants start opening and being able to open to their full capacity, all that work picks back up and I can kind of start delegating that work a little bit to then focus on the fashion. Um, but I think, so that's kind of a short term goal and hopefully in the next five to 10 years, I'm hopefully in the next five years, I'm only shooting um, fashion. Um, and then, and then, and being able to just maintain as a side business, all the food photography um, clients that I have with some, you know, some good people helping me out. I think that's something that's really important. Um, probably as creatives, there's, you know, a lot of creatives out there are, are good at what they do because they're perfectionists, so to speak, and um, find it really hard to let go um, of any control over anything. And I, and I'm the worst at it. Like I asked Joe to do something for me. She's great with InDesign and Photoshop and, and Illustrator and things like that, things that I'm not, not great with. And I'll ask her to make me a PDF or change something on my media kit. And I'm, She's like, okay, I'll do it if you sit in the other room and you're not over my shoulder. And because you know, like, I find it really hard to let go of control, but I think that's something that running your own business is something that's a really important point is being able to let go of control um, to people who can, who can achieve something, who can, being able to let go of control so that you can one, manage your time better and let someone who's more experienced in a, in a particular area do the job and I think that's kind of I guess then the longer term goal for me is to if I can maintain all the the food clients um on the side while shooting fashion letting go of some of that control and getting some really good people involved in my business to to shoot that for me manage that for me there's a few social media accounts that we manage as well and let, let some people manage that while I focus on the fashion side of things um and then I guess the long once once that, I guess that's the, you know, the five-year plan and, and then we'll, we'll go again from there. So I guess you're, you're kind of looking at scalability now, right? And I, I totally agree with, with what you say. If, if you do want to scale any business, you have to relinquish control, right? Like you have to put trust in other people and you've got to just be faithful that the person that you've hired is going to do the job right. Tell me, have you had experiences in the past where you've had photographers who haven't done the job right? And do you think that's kind of affected that struggle to to relinquish that control a bit yeah absolutely um i have uh, i have a few people that i outsource to uh already and um yeah it's there's, there's been a few you know like and you always get two sides of the story you get a client and you get you get your photographer's side of the story and I guess you kind of just need to try and work out what went wrong where and to your to your best ability. But yeah, I've had a few shoots that I've kind of uh, haven't been around for, and I've let someone else do, and and that hasn't gone to plan. And then you go, oh no, I can't do this anymore. I've got to, I got to do it all myself. And um, I guess you just got to find 
find the right person so that that and and hope that the balance of good to bad is in in the in the right favor <laughs> cool man yeah I've, I've no doubt that in in five years you're you're going to be five ten times bigger than what you are now bro it sounds like uh you know you're you're willing to to really start scaling your business and although like this COVID thing is is pretty hard for all creatives i think it's also been a really good time to sit back and really think where you want to take take your business and what direction you want to go yeah yeah absolutely and, and like i said with that that whole that whole preset pack thing was kind of like a real real eye-opener for me it was like okay i'm doing this because it's yeah it'll create a you know passive income and but i think i like just you i've got to really focus on on what's important and, and where to put Put my time because there's no point having your finger in every single pie if none of them are doing really well um rather just have a have a couple of pies and make sure they're really good <laughs> make sure they're warm um, that's it so for creatives listening to this podcast right now who are thinking about starting their own business or maybe they have and they're in the early days uh, and the this pandemic's hit and there's the stresses around that can you give us five tips five things people can do today or in the next week or the next month uh, to keep them on track and to set them up for success in the future? Um, yeah. So I, th I think having a, the first tip would be to have it like a sit down with yourself and pen and paper, go old school um, and write down kind of where your focus is in terms of your, your business or your, whether you draw, you paint, you take photos, write down where you want to go with your business and, um, and what you really, not even where you want to, what you really love doing or where's your passion in your business, where in five years, if I was only, like for me, in five years time, if I only shot fashion, I'd be happy as. That's, that would be the ideal for me. I think find your ideal and work out and then you can, you know, steps two to five, tips two to five are like, how to get to that ideal and what little things you can do now to kind of work your way there. So I think then uh, from there, and I, I did a video on it recently is like trying to organize your portfolio. Mm. So once you've worked out the direction you want to be and whether it happens tomorrow or happens in five years, work out the direction that you want to go. Mm. Um, and then my second, second point of advice would be to start creating your portfolio, whether that be like getting your website up, uh, your media kits, your, um, you know, even organizing your Insta, like your social media um, to represent a, a portfolio that is going to show potential clients your ideal direction. So for me, that'd be fashion photography. Um, that, that's probably, and, and I think now's a, a great time to do it while we're at home. Um, then start working out, you know, next step is to work out the best plan of attack to get that portfolio out there and um, and start executing that now. Even just, you know, it takes a few point of contact with, um, it's like the, um, sorry, if you can hear Remy running around in the background. That's right. Um, and the dog. Um, <laughs> it's a family friendly podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, dude, 100%. We'll get the dog and um, Remy on the podcast. So, um, yeah, work out then. It, yeah, that's what I was saying. It takes a few points of contact. Um, so, and I'll, a, a GM for the company 
uh, once told me this, that I, a company that I used to work for. He said that Coca-Cola, if you go into Coles, Coca-Cola, make sure that there's three points of contact when on your walk through Coles. So you might go through and you'll see Coca-Cola in the, in the soft drink aisle. Mm. Then you walk around and you know how they have those gondola ends, yeah. uh, the tail end of each, you might see Coca-Cola there and then you'll see Coca-Cola on your way out. That's three points of contact. And the third time you've seen it, by the second or third time you've seen it, you start thinking Coca-Cola and do I want a Coca-Cola? Right? And I think that point of contact um, applies to every business model. So from the workout, you can start now, even though it's COVID and you can't get a job with someone tomorrow, reach out to them, have a chat. And that's your first point of contact. And then when we get out of COVID, if you're a food photographer, reach out to a restaurant now. When you get out of go and have a coffee in the restaurant um, after COVID and have a chat with them and say, hey, I sent you guys you know, an email with my links to my website and whatnot. And there's your second point of contact. And you've, it's all about, it's all a percentage game. It's all a numbers game. So start that first point of contact now uh, yeah. while you're at home and you've got the time. Yeah. Right. Um, and then, you know, from there work on, uh, where are we? Tip, where are we? Tip four? That's, I don't know. I think that's three. That's three. I think, I think that's a really important. Um, I think that's a really important point though, though, Julian. And I guess for a lot of creatives or any business uh, startups, there's that kind of fear like, Oh, like I'm being annoying or I'm being hassling or I'm pestering these people. It's like, pull that out of your mind and just focus on, like you say, like people do need to see things a few times to start trusting the brand or the idea or start thinking, okay, maybe this will work. Yeah. Don't feel like you're pestering someone because you're, you're showing them what you can offer them. Like that's normal, right? That's normal in business. Yeah. hundred percent. Especially if you do it in a professional manner. I mean, I, um, in that same video, I think I mentioned that, um, you know, if you want to organize a, a collaborative, you know, portrait shoot and you want to reach out to a model on, on Instagram, don't just reach out with, hey, want to shoot? Or, you know, like, <laughs> how can I get guys in, in my DM on Instagram? Hey, bro, want to shoot? <laughs> like, put, 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 put some effort in. Yeah. It's like if I got that message from the same person five times then yeah it gets pestering and annoying but if i get you know hey this is my idea here's a couple of inspo images i'd love to create this do you want to create it with me or hey i'm a food and if or if you're reaching out to a restaurant or cafe hey i'm a food photographer here's my work would love to have a chat with you that's a di it's different between hey you need someone to shoot your food, bro. Like, you know, <laughs> I got an iPhone 11, man. <laughs> yeah. That, but yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's a ways to do it. And if you do it, you know, the multiple points of contact in a professional manner and, and show that you've got something to offer. Yeah. I um, think that's really important. Uh, we'll make sure we link that video actually in the description of this podcast. So if anyone wants to see that video that Julian did on his YouTube, I'll make sure I link it in the description. And also, obviously, I'll link uh, all of your kind of connections, your YouTube, your Instagram. So if anyone does want to reach out and ask you a question directly that isn't, hey, bro, want to shoot? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll link those in. So, Julian, I reckon uh, that's, that's some solid tips for people wanting to get into the creative industry on a more broad scale and also more narrowly into photography. Uh, in particular at the end of every podcast I do this thing called the four and one so basically I'm going to ask you four questions and then you get to ask me one question I'll ask with your question though you don't ask uh, 
why I'm doing the podcast because I've been asked that five times now out of the past sort of six podcasts. So take some time to think about a question you want to ask. Uh, but I'll kick it off with the first question. So you ready to go? Go for it. Okay. This one might be challenging. Top three dream shoots. Uh, top three dream shoots. So it could be with like a company or at a location or with a specific yeah. model. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, so probably to uh, get back to Italy to shoot fashion. Cool. Spend some time in Italy shooting fashion. Because mm -hmm. um, you're Italian yourself, right? I am. I am. Um, probably to... Yeah, it is a tough one. This is a tough one. And, and, you know, like I've got kind of like... There's models in my head that I'm, I've been like, ah, oh, you know, I would love to shoot with, mm. with them. Um, names just, I'm just not great with the names. That's right. Um, I'll get back to you. Hit me with the next one. Next one. Okay, so this one might be hard to actually. <laughs> Five photographers that have inspired you the most. Um, okay, so back in the day, probably the first photographer that inspired me, uh, his name is um, uh, Stefan Benasco. Um, back in the day when I started following his name and styles on Instagram. Yeah. Um, another photographer is Corey Wilson. Uh, Ozzy, he's living in LA now. He shoots a lot of, um, he started off shooting surf, uh, like the surf photography and has now sort of moved into, into fashion, particularly sort of swimwear photography. Um, a little more local, Jared Singh. Oh, um, amazing, eh? He's got such a good, yeah. good personality as well. Yeah, yeah, great personality. Just there's, there's kind of like this like complex simplicity to his work. Yeah, I, feel I, I know, right? Yeah, work it out. Think about it. Go and have a look at his feed yeah. and then you, you, you might get what I'm saying. I'll, uh, I'll link um, these photographers in the, in the description as well so people can just click on them and go. Um, there's actually, there's another surf photographer. Um, I, I've kind of, it's, it's funny. Well, another one is Stephen Chi, 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 Chi. He's a fashion photographer. And then this, the last one would be, um, uh, I can't really pronounce his name, Ben Therard. I think it is. He's a, he's a surf photographer. You know, it, it's funny. I kind of, the photographers that I really love, um, sort of looking at their imagery don't generally don't shoot the same as what I do. I, I draw a lot of inspiration from photographers that don't shoot the same genre as I do. Mm. And um, I think that may, maybe it comes back to that thing where I, I don't compare. Yeah. I, I don't compare myself to them. It doesn't, I just like just really enjoy their work. Just appreciate their style as well. Like you yeah. say, with, like Jared and yeah, I, I, I I feel you there. It's hard to explain a style because it is like really simple, but then there's so much complexity to it as well. I think it comes to just being able to, he's a good storyteller, you know, like with his, with his photos, I find the best photographers 
regardless of what genre they're shooting, you feel like they're telling you a story, right? Whether it's fashion or surf or outdoors, you you kind of look at the image and you're like, oh, cool. Like, I, I feel like I'm here, you know? Like, I feel... Yeah. And Jared, Jared's images feel like that for me. Yeah. Sure. Cool, bro. Yeah, I'll make sure I link those in the description. Next question, unless you've uh, thought about those dream shoots. <laughs> Next question. Um, Okay, so this one's a bit of a funny one. Have your jokes gotten better or worse now that you're a dad? Oh, no, <laughs> I've been telling dad jokes since I was probably about four, I reckon. So I, I reckon they're pretty on par. I think my wife would, would say that they've always been pretty terrible. I think they're fantastic, though. <laughs> and Remy seems to like them. He laughs at me all the time, so. Yeah, right. You'll know, you'll know. It's actually nice. Actually, Joe said to me a couple of nights ago, she said, oh, are you just loving it now that you got someone to laugh at your jokes? Like, <laughs> makes it all worth it. <laughs> 100%. Cool. Okay, next one, and then maybe we'll come back to those dream shoots. Where, okay, this one's another weird one. So I kind of try and include a weird question in each one. So where is the worst smelling place you have been, maybe during a shoot, and how did you deal with that? You know, worst smelling place during a shoot. As soon as you said worst smelling place, I was going to say on there's a few particular like street corners in Tokyo. Gotcha. That are just like out of control. Now I have shot a lot in Tokyo, so maybe I just maybe maybe that's it. Do you know the way you've been to Tokyo? I haven't. No. No. Okay. There's a few like yeah, just street corners in particular that, and on my multiple visits to Tokyo, like. I remember those corners. They just, they just don't smell good. The, the reason I asked that question, it's really interesting. I've been doing some research into uh, how, how to remember things. And one of the reasons why we remember the worst smelling places we've been is because the part of your brain that um, identifies and triggers smell is right next to the part of your brain that uh, holds long-term memories. So quite often, right. some of the places that smell the worst will remember until we die. It's crazy. There you go. Yeah, man. Um, so you'll remember those smelly Tokyo street corners when you're oh, Tokyo. But I'd, I'd, if oh, given the opportunity to travel back to Tokyo tomorrow, I'd go and stand on those corners. Like, hundred percent. Travel anywhere would be so fantastic right now. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So you thought of those those dream shoots yet? Um, dream shoots. Um, let's say here's one completely out of my, um, this would be more for, for pleasure than for, for business or for, for career, but, um, getting out with like one of those surf photographers in like Tahiti or somewhere like, and, um, and just kind of like learning a little bit from them, watching them shoot, having a little crack at some photography in the water myself, like that, that'd be a, That'd be a dream, sitting in the channel, just watching these big barrels like yeah, pass next to me. Um, and got one more, right? Yeah, got one more. Maybe like a brand that you'd really love to shoot fashion with. Oh, um, like you, you mentioned you love sneakers. Like how sick would it be to shoot, you know, basketball sneakers with LeBron James or something? <laughs> yeah that that would be um
Yeah, look, I'd love to shoot for any like the kind of the, the big sort of streetwear labels, off white, and um, any of those kind of like big any of Virgil, uh, Virgil's uh, collabs. Yeah, cool. With LV and all those sort of streetwear collabs would be would be pretty cool to shoot. Yeah, that no, would be me. If anyone's if anyone's listening here and they work for any of those brands, Julian Lala on Instagram. Thanks, Hit mate. He's waiting. <laughs> Um, cool. You get a question for me, bro. Um, well, I guess I sort of gave my five year where I want to be. What's your, what's your five year plan goal? Oh, good question. That is a good one. I guess I, I could break it down to a few facets of my life right now. Uh, so one of the big ones, like I want to be financially free so I can do all of the things I want to do and not have to worry about there being a monetary figure to it. So one of the big things I'm doing right now is um, focusing on my finances, you know, investing, um, working on accumulating property so that in five years I can literally do any photo job I want and not have to worry about getting paid for it because I know I've got some income in the back burner. So that's probably the big one in terms of the photography side of things. Uh, my brother and I want to get to a point where Massey Bros is the full-time gig and again being financially free will mean we can pick and choose you know we don't have to choose jobs that we don't like we can choose the jobs that we love sure. similar to what you said before uh, and then Maddie, Maddie Camo and I are, are doing our visual tales our wedding photography so in five years uh, again we want to get to a point where that's you know, six months, three months of the year, we're just full-time shooting weddings. So yeah, I, th I think that's kind of five-year long-term outlook for, for the creative Jacques. <laughs> yeah, nice. Sounds good. Sounds a plan. Sick, man. Thanks for that. Hey, uh, thanks for joining the podcast. But before, before I let you go back to your normal life and you enjoy running around with uh, Remy and the dog, uh, how about you tell us or anyone listening to the podcast where they can find you, um, where they can look at your work, and also um, maybe where they can find you on YouTube as well, because I know that's kind of a big part of your life right now. Yeah, so um, oh, it's all pretty straightforward. Julian Lello, Instagram, uh, website, YouTube, all is just Julian Lello, L-A-L-L-O. And um, I also just started a new Instagram, which is like I, like I mentioned with that portfolio building and, um, and going kind of like, genre specific i started an instagram account julian lello photography and that's my fashion uh portfolio gotcha and then you've also got the food photography one as well right you've got the food uh, yeah the, uh, the fair creative f-a-r-e f-a-r-e yeah fair creative yeah gotcha cool and i'll uh, i'll make sure i link those all in the description for anyone listening as well uh julian it's been it's been a pleasure bro thanks so much this has kind of been we talked about doing a podcast ages ago but it's it's good to finally have you on the show yeah, likewise. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Thanks, it. That's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you do want to follow Julian's progress or get some inspiration off him so that you can keep pursuing your own creative business, all of his social media accounts and website are linked in the description below. If you want to stay in touch with Couple of Lattes, you can find us on Instagram at Couple of Lattes or at Massey, M-A-S-S-I-E underscore bros. Thanks so much, guys. Much love and enjoy your day.